0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So listen, I'm going to get right into it. I don't want to be long tonight, and I really want to give you a point and teach you something, which I believe if there's one thing, if there's only one thing I was able to teach my children, this would be it. This would be it tonight. If there's one thing that you want to teach your children or your family or you yourself learn to do, this is going to be it. Because in the world we're living in, everyone, everyone's looking for answers and direction. Everyone is. So, so let me ask you a question. If you knew the direction for your life or the answer that God had for you, if you knew the direction, wouldn't life be much easier for you? If you knew what the, the will of God was, or what God's plans were for you, wouldn't that make things much, much easier? I'm going to show you how to tune yourself in to hear that so that God can move and direct you and speak to you and give you direction. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. And I'm telling you, little things that you have to decide on need to be used and as, a, as an education on little decisions that you make. Because the answer, listen to this, the wisdom that it takes for you to make small decisions is the same wisdom it takes for you to make good decisions, and big decisions. I want you to think about that. It's like this. The faith is the same faith, and the power is the same power that heals a person of a headache is the same faith, just more of it, and the same power, just more of it, to heal someone of cancer. It's all the same faith. It's all the same power. So the answer to hearing God's voice is learning how to trust him in the little things. Because then if you trust him and know the voice of God with the little things, you'll learn how to get direction for big things in your life. Same voice, same God. It is called a process of preparation of your heart. So I'm going to read you Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. In the NIV, it says this. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart. For they, are prolong- they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Notice it says... If you keep my commandments in your heart, by meditating, holding them, that they will prolong your life and bring peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Notice how many times he's talking about the heart. Then you will win favor, win favor, and a good name in the sight of God and man favor is one favor you have to go through a battle sometimes to get to favor in your life but if you'll fight the good fight you can obtain favor with God and with men so and here's what I want you to hear trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not everyone say lean not the key word here is going to be lean I'm going to show you what it is to lean On God, but not to lean on your own understanding, it says verse six in all your ways submit to Him, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. Tonight we're going to be talking about leaning on the heart of God. Leaning on the heart of God. And if you are hungry for the to hear the voice of God and learn something tonight in this short segment, You will learn something and apply it, and it will change your life. It doesn't happen overnight, but it is a process. Tonight, I'm going to give you a principle for hearing the voice of God by leaning on the heart of God. Will you say it one more time? God bless me and help me receive. Let me receive the word and help me to understand the message with simplicity again. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Turn to somebody and tell them we're going to learn how to hear the voice of God. And you can be seated. I like that last verse where it says, submit to him. I think there's a lot of people who are actually God has God in a hold to try to turn their hearts around to him, but they won't tap out. I think a lot of people are still wrestling with the will of God for their life or, or they assume that the will of God for their life is, and here's the big misconception. The big misconception is that hell will cause you to think that you have a certain type of ministry hell will confuse you and put you in a place in your mind where your ego will make you think that you're called to the nations or you're called to go to Africa when you haven't even reached out to your neighbor across the street because you and I were more captivated by titles and positions than we are the simple act of servanthood. That's not me, Pastor Bobby, I know, but it was me. When I first got saved, I thought I was called to Africa. I was all in too. I kept seeing Africa. I had such a burden to Africa. I met missionaries from Africa. I thought that's the life, that's the life. My wife didn't think that was a life, but I thought that was a life. And I was like, there's so many things that took place that I thought was God. It was nothing more than my own desire and my own will and seeing myself there. I even had dreams about it. They weren't God dreams. They were my dreams. There was a frequency. There was an interference. And I think hell knew that. And he would play games on me and tell me things. And, and, but while I was wrestling with a false calling to do something God never called me to do, I was missing out on growth and development. I was missing out on the most important things in life and building a relationship with him in my personal space that I had. I wasn't effective and I wasn't trying to reach out to anyone around me. I didn't see any purpose in that. Why if you're going to get ready to go someplace else? That's where I want to be. And a lot of people want to travel the world and go places and do things great. In their mind, they are too big to do small things. And if they're too big to do small things, they're too small to do big things. So a key factor in walking with God is never be deceived by titles and positions. Or images of yourself on huge platforms. And that platform could mean anything. That platform could mean anything in success. Because God has given all of us the requirement and the responsibility of stewardship around us with things that you already have the ability to influence, or people, or things to influence. And so we overlooked that. We overlook our our world that we're in right now. If you cannot give the message or influence any one of your coworkers now, what makes you think, that God wants you to move to North Carolina or, or wherever in the world. Like some of you maybe feel like you're, you know, called to a foreign nation or something or have a bigger ministry when, when there are people around you that need God. But life would be so much easier if you could hear the voice of God and you have a clear direction. Yeah. Life would become so much more easier. So, we have to be careful, and here's what I've learned throughout the years. I, I learned. I'm going to speak from my point of view. I've learned throughout the years that I was hearing many voices, my flesh, my own dreams and aspirations, and uh, other people mistaking somebody else's calling for my calling. That looks great. That looks wonderful. That must be fun. Um, even on what people had in their life. And then this dream would develop in me that really was somebody else's making. It was a product of me being in a culture, being influenced and shaped and molded into someone that, 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 into somebody that the world was going to reproduce. Let me repeat that. If we're not careful, the culture and people and even other ministries will try to reproduce you into something you were never meant to be every ministry should begin to teach you how to find the will of God for you and for you to learn how to hear the voice of God and lean on it and depend on it. And it doesn't happen until you have learned how to depend on him for small things and small decisions and invite him into your daily life. Your life right now your life, your life decisions, I don't care how small it is, your life decisions have to include God yeah. in order for you to develop. Yeah. And you and I sometimes wait for this, this grand opportunity like, like boot camp or training or we got to go to a school. You do not have to go to a school to be used by God. You have to have an ear to hear, and you have to be obedient and be willing in your heart, and you have to trust him and act on him. When the scripture says to lean not into your own understanding, that word lean, it can be identified as this, a skill required, acquired by experience by study, observation, the art. It's an art. The art of depending. It's a way of learning, a skill. Leaning on God, I have learned throughout the years that leaning on God is an art. It is an art. For example, there are different kinds of arts, right? You've got painters, you have sculptures, and you have people that are in martial arts, and you have different types of expressions of creativity. Leaning on God is an actual art, in my opinion. You have to learn how to flow with God while you're moving in this world. You have to learn how to simultaneously give your attention to God while you're looking at something else and let the Spirit of God speak to you. It's not multitasking. It's always being aware and learning how to stay focused in a, confuse, in, in a confusing world. How not to get sidetracked. There's a lot of things that can sidetrack us right now in this world. Have you ever noticed how many times there's real, real events in the world happening like war and people hurting calamities around the world floods and real real things that lives are being lost and then someone famous has a divorce case and the whole world forgets about what's important and the memes start flying everyone's creativity now is focused on something else that isn't important It is so easy to get sidetracked. It is so easy to get sidetracked. But the key to hearing the voice of God, and you can write this down if you have your notes, write this down, is the ability to focus and stay focused. The only way to stay focused is to hear or read the Word of God and talk to God. And the third one is knowing that you have a purpose or an assignment. A purpose if you don't know your purpose of your assignment or why you are living and why God saved you and gave you breath you'll miss the whole uh, you'll, you won't have the initiative to discipline yourself to hear and to know so I'm gonna make it easy for you if you're a parent your purpose is to raise those children No matter how old they are, if they're still in your house, even if they're above age of 21, they're still in your house. And you still have influence there. And if you're married, then it's your spouse to help them and support them as well. If you own a business, it's your business. And that business should be kingdom-centered to influence people if you're a child of God and a citizen of God's kingdom. Because God will put people in places of influence, and if you will listen to that voice and raise it up, the business and your responsibilities, God will raise you up as a king. He'll raise you up as a king. I believe that God raises kings and priests. There are ministers, and then there are kings. But each one hears the voice of God. There are some people that will never stand behind this pulpit and teach and speak. But there are some people that will go, and God will speak to them, and they'll earn income and money and support what the kings are doing, the kingdom, to see people's lives changed. To, I mean, you have to know where you're at. Are you a king or a priest? Or are you both? What's your purpose? Everyone has a purpose. And there are some that right now you can't see it at all, and all you can see is I'm supposed to just raise my children. That is the most important calling you could ever have in your life. If my wife was here tonight, she would testify. She's with my youngest boy right now, taking care of him. And she will tell you for many, many, many years, my wife with the degree, Pastor Don is extremely intelligent. She's very smart. She has more degrees than I do. She is, and by the way, I have none. <laughs> Just so you will know how many that is. I went to school, didn't have to finish. God bless me with a good job. And I'm like, I'm out of here, favor, it's unfair. But anyways, and my wife thought we would talk to each other. My wife would take odd jobs so she had more time with the kids and Pastor Don would clean houses. And she she had college, but her priority was the kids. I was working, but she can't just sit still and do nothing. So sometimes my grandma and mamaw would, papaw would take care of the kids for a little bit, but she would just go for just an hour or two and then come back. But most of her time was completely dedicated to the kids and she wouldn't take that back for anything in the world. But if you're gonna raise those kids, don't put them in front of a television and leave them there. That's not, I know it's tough not to now. Technology can be a blessing. But while you've got them in the house, let the worship music play. Be creative in prayer. What we used to do as a kid, as when the kids were little, we take a globe. we take that globe and we tell them, we went and bought one. And I'm just being practical with you to help parents right now. And we're going to move on to help you be practical to how to teach your family and your t- kids how to hear the voice of God. You have to make them tender to prayer. You have to exercise prayer in your family. You have to make it a lifestyle, and it has to be fun. So we went and bought a globe. You know the globes that turn around and you spin them? And we would go through, and we had this big map of different ministries all around the world, of these missionaries, and, and when they would spin the globe, they put their finger on it wherever it stopped. We'd find that country, find the missionary, and we would pray for them. And we'd just be creative like that. And they would have church services. They were always baptizing the dogs. (laughs) One time my son was casting a demon out of a dog. All we heard was, (laughs) everything was God-centered. It wasn't hard. We were creative. And we taught them church in their own way, at their own level. But every one of them got baptized in the spirit at a very young age. Because we created the hunger. But you see, that is the key to hearing the voice of God is to have the heart of God. So if you do not have a heart for God, you will not hear the voice of God. So let's transition over to parents and adults and single people right now. If you're single in this stage of your life, because we seem to leave the single people out sometimes, and I don't want you to think that we do, we think of the whole family and the church family. We try to hit all areas for, for all of our people. But if you're single right now, this is a moment of preparation for your life. This is a moment where you should give everything that you have to Jesus. You make him the lover of your soul. You prepare yourself for next. And he will give you the desires of your heart. But during this season... Don't become needy in the sense of I have nobody or have a pity party and feel like you're alone. You're not alone. You have a church family that loves you, but you have Jesus as well. And sometimes when you feel this depression come on you and loneliness, sometimes it's a call to prayer. It is. It's a call to prayer sometimes. Have you ever felt like, I'm just so, I feel depressed depressed or... I I just got this irritable feeling and I can't get rid of it. That's the spirit of God. Your soul is hungry for God. Go into prayer and it will lift. So, every parent, even every adult now, with your busy schedule, you're going to have to find the time and make the time. Make the time. No excuses. Don't come up with excuse after excuse after excuse. Make the time. Because if you don't make the time to put God in your schedule, then here's what will happen. Your schedule will begin to outrun you, overrun you, and now you get lost. And you can't, you're trying to catch up and you can't. You have to take control of it and make the time it is a lifestyle it is something that you have to do much like budgeting when you cut some things in your life there's some things you have to cut out every one of us have to every one of us have to stop pushing the button every one of us have to decide okay this is the time I'm going to bed I'm praying a little while we're gonna be up at this time in the morning and If you can't do it, commit yourself to somebody till you get there. Here's the point. When you begin to get focused and begin to train yourself, you're doing all of these things in the process, what you're actually doing, you're conditioning yourself to lean on God. You're conditioning yourself to lean on God. It's a skill. It's a skill. So here's what I want to show you. The first point and the only point I'm giving you tonight is this. Talking to God establishes your trust in God. Talking to God establishes your trust in God. Now, I went through the children. I went through singles, and I went through parents. Because talking to God is the very first discipline you must have in your life to hearing the voice of God and leaning on the heart of God. Why is that? Keep in mind, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son into the world to die for our sins. Am I correct? Say he died for my sins if you believe it. Say it out loud. Jesus died for my sins. Have you ever been forgiven? Have you ever been redeemed and forgiven and you felt the love of God in your life? Say it out loud. God died. He sent his son to die for my sins. He loves me. Say Jesus loves me. Come on, say it. Jesus loves me. Don't make me make you sing it. I'll sing it. I'll tell you. <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> I don't know what in the world just happened. <laughs> like the I don't I didn't know who it was, so I'm going to say this blindly. Like the person that said, like I finally got my chance for them to hear me. Jesus loves me. <laughs> Now it's my chance. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I'm being practical with you because I want to really teach you and help you. This is the most important thing you, you have to figure out. Learning to talk to God will develop your trust in God because you have to know he loves you so much. He cares about everything you care about. He cares about everything you care about. Write that down. He cares about everything you care about. If the washer and dryer is broke, he cares about it. If you're sending your children to school and you're getting prepared, uh, he cares about the routine, how it would make it easier for you. If you're a, a mom and you have a job and you're trying to raise the kids and you're trying to be a wife, He cares about it. He'll give you the wisdom to know how to function in that world. I'm telling you, he'll give you wisdom for the small things. You just haven't asked him and leaned on him for it. See, we are so overwhelmed by little things that we haven't given to God that while we're trying to obtain big things, they will never happen. We're weighed down. You have to begin to include God in your daily routines. I mean daily routines. To the moment you wake up, the first thought in your mind before you hit the feet on the carpet or the floor is thank you Lord Jesus for this day thank you dear God begin to acknowledge him that's the first step in your life is out of bed is the first step of your life never take your first step without acknowledging him acknowledge him discipline yourself to acknowledge him someone said it like this and i have not become a pro at it but I will tell you that I have become a lot better since marrying my wife someone said if you'll just learn how to do one discipline in your life it will change everything else in your life and that is make up your bed after you go to bed and you wake up make up your bed it'll help every other discipline because you have a sense of knowing okay i accomplished that i can accomplish more i am not the best example at that scenario i don't even why i threw it out there like that because i'm not the best i mean when even when i fix a bed it doesn't look like it was fixed I'm the kind of guy that, all right, first time. I'm good. But my point is, I have other disciplines in my life that come first. To me, the most important thing a family can do together is pray together. The little things that you learn to do. So here's where we're going to shift gears right now. The scripture says lean on him. i want going to show you this chart really quickly. I'm going to use this for a little bit. I'm going to use this to help teach you these lessons. The body, soul, and spirit. The spirit man is where God abides. The spirit man is where God abides. Now, we teach in the church that there's a born-again experience and that at the entrance of conception, the blood of Jesus comes into your life, you are saved. When the blood of Jesus comes into your life is because somebody prayed, Lord, forgive me, be my Lord and Savior, and the blood was applied. Salvation begins at the cross. How many of you would agree with that? Salvation begins at the cross. And upon conception, we call that conception in the church, there is an act an act of surrender an act of of making christ part of your life bringing his name into your life and we go and we experience water baptism as a, for a clear conscience of the soul being buried with christ coming out of the water breaking the water being born of the water as john the third chapter described to us and then there's a born again experience with the spirit man where god baptizes your spirit When you have an experience with God, when you grow in God, you begin to hear the voice of God when you're born into the kingdom. When you are birthed into the kingdom, you become a citizen and a child of God. Upon conception, you're a child of God. And the Spirit of God comes into your life. But here's what if you do not pursue the baptism of the holy spirit it is very tough to clearly hear the voice of god and let me explain to you why because most christians in the world not all things are changing because god is pouring his spirit out right now how many of you know that god is pouring out his spirit still how many of you believe in that it's true hundreds have been filled here at riverside church hundreds But before you fully surrender your spirit, you have to wrestle with the body and the soul. The body and the soul, is a, we're three-dimensional. And those two dimensions, most religious people live in only two dimensions. They haven't fully surrendered. But they'll surrender in action. They come to church. They go do things religiously. And then the soul where they just suffice the conscience coming to church, praying, talking to God. They feel God. You can feel God. God is on you. And they are there by thinking on God and attracting the spirit of God through desire. But where you're really changed is when you have fully surrendered at a fully repented heart to receive and have knowledge that God has more. And in that full surrender, God baptizes your spirit emerged into his presence. This is where... When you begin to pray in the spirit you begin to bypass the body's emotions the mind's emotions and will you bypass all the chatter and you go god goes straight to your spirit so the importance of hearing the voice of god is praying in the spirit and in your mind you have to put the word of god there and put your emotion into it and not just read the bible So when you want to hear the voice of God, as you read the Bible, read the Bible with the intention that you're going to extract something from it that can be applied in your life. I don't care how small it may be of a story. Jesus at the well. John chapter 4. Notice Jesus was, was, was offering the woman of Samaria water. Living water. God offers living water for us. I don't care how simple it may be. You have to walk away that day if you read that scripture and say, I have living water inside of me. I have eternal life inside of me. And meditate on those things and align yourself up with that and begin to pray according to what you just had. So when you read the Bible, you read the Bible with the intention to apply it to your life. And some way, some fashion, that will help you. But what, what will supersede that is the fact that you know you have a purpose. So when you begin to go in and you begin to exercise your spirit man, everyone say spirit man. Your spirit man is located right here. Why do I say that? Well, because many times we say the heart of God is the heart of man is like the blood pumper. That's not the heart of man. That, that's, that's the heart of man. Yeah, but that's not, that, that's not what the scripture is referring to. The very affectionate areas of your life where the Spirit of God abides. How many of you have ever had that gut feeling? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever felt God like right here and you felt something? that You want to know why? Because that's where your spirit man's at. And you have more neurons, endings in your intestinal area than you do in your brain. The Chinese call that the second brain. They figured it out. So we think that God speaks from here. Most of the time he, does, he speaks from right here in the gut. You got to go with your gut. Go with that in feeling because here's what happens to me. Here's how I learned to hear and apply the voice of God. As I begin to pray for my day, I've learned the Spirit of God began to check me. He will put a desire in me to go a certain place. If you ever had a desire to go someplace, like you had no desire to go there before, and then you have a desire to go there and then when you get there, you run into somebody you've been meeting to run into for a while. It was like a God connection. And you're like, man, I wasn't even planning on coming here, but something told me to come here. Has that ever happened to you? Okay. Has that ever happened to anybody here? You know what that was? That was the voice of God. You didn't know it. You're relaxed. You've been praying or you've just been open to it. Maybe you're listening to worship music. You lined yourself up somehow and you're there. I started to test this out, and years ago, I went into church, and I I had a day off, and I just hung around the church, and I prayed for about three hours or so. I'm I'm not saying go pray for three hours, but... I wanted to pray, and I stuck around for a while, and I said, God, I want to win somebody to you, God. Take me to somebody, and I went inside my car, and I started to exercise this thing, and I'm going to show you exactly what I did so you can learn the same thing because I've talked to and heard many people that do it the same way, and I'm going to teach you how to get that indication. I do it, and I use it all the time to make right decisions. As I got into the car, I recognized it now, looking back. At the time, I didn't, but now I know what it was. As I was driving, in my mind, while I was prayerful, leaning on God, trusting God, right? As I'm talking to God, I trust God. Like, can I give you an example? Like, if you ever have financial issues or trouble, in your mind, is there somebody in your mind right away that you would call? You ever gotten into a fight or an argument with somebody? Is there somebody in your mind that you would call right away? I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about? Well, when you do God like that and you trust him, you're you're putting trust in him and believing in him, he'll respond to that because that's faith. So you have to learn how to get your heart connected to him in that way. And as I was driving, I began to lean on him, and I thought right, left, straight and as I said it in my mind I felt the buzzer go off remember like E.T. <laughs> Born home I can't explain what it is I can't tell you exactly what it is but I know it's the Holy Ghost and I would feel that and I'd go in that direction and I did it again I'd feel that left go in that direction Straight. I ended up out in the country. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, Lord, I'm so sorry. What in the world am I doing? And I felt him tell me, look to the left. And I saw him back in the country and hidden among these trees. There was a place of business. I thought, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that was even there. I said, could it be? And I walked in, and this lady's there. It's an oil field industry thing. Company, and you know, I'm I'm sitting I'm walking, this lady's sitting there, and she's like, How can I help you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I said, Can I have an application? What else are you gonna say, right? We're not hiring right now. Well, you know, then you throw out the well, you never know. And she's giving the paperwork, and speaking of school, my instrumentation professor walks out from the back with papers in his hands and he goes, Bobby Rivera, man, I've been looking for your number for weeks. I need somebody to teach us a Bible study and I've been looking for you and I've not known, I didn't know how to find you. What are you doing here? Apparently I'm here for you. I can't tell you how many times can I tell you, you, think, you have to understand, you need to exper- experiment with the Holy Ghost, guys. You have to start experimenting with it and not playing games, but sincerely lean on him for decisions to see you can hear the voice of God and the things that matter. I'll tell you something the other day. There's a lot of stories I can tell you, crazy stuff. And every time I've gone, every time I've gone, God has always blessed me with something. Always. I mean, to confirm you'd made the right choice. So the other day, the chickens needed food. I got chickens in the backyard, and I live in the city. (laughs) I said, okay, where do I need to go buy food? I I thought about it, and I felt like, okay, I need to to figure out where am I going to go. And I said, well, I need dog food also. Okay, Walmart sells both. I'll go to Walmart. And right before I drove into Walmart, I did that thing. I leaned on God. I didn't feel a peace about it. It's like I didn't feel a peace. I didn't feel that green light. And then I thought, well, there's, there's tractor TSC, tractor supply, right? And I felt that. I felt it. And I went there, and I walked in, and I go to the back, and I'm walking around looking for dog food. I came in to the left, I walked around, and I saw a guy, I guess, and I said, hey, sir, I said, where's the dog food? And he was kind of sarcastic a little bit, and said, hey, dude, he said, you passed it up, it's right there. He didn't know I came in the other way. And the Latino and me could have said, hey, man, you know, I'm you know, I'm a customer, right? Have some respect, dude. But I didn't. I knew God had told me to be there, and I had an assignment. Then I walked over to the dog food, and I said, Man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm still there. I'm looking. I said, I don't know what kind of dog food to buy, Lord. I said, No, you. Am I supposed to buy the dog a certain kind of healthy? I'm thinking all kinds of stuff like for his bones. Is he gonna get sick? Do I? What, what do you? Why am I here? You know. And I started. I said it's okay. So he comes back and he said, "You still haven't figured it out." I said, "No, man." I said, "Why don't you help me?" He said, "Well, we got this. We got that. We have this and that." I said, okay. I said, "I haven't tried any of these." I said, "I'll try it." I guess I'll try this one. He goes, "I tell you what. Let me give you a bag of dog food. I'm gonna give you a bag of dog food." And I'm going to let you try it. If you like it, come back and see us. Again, I said, that sounds great to me. I said, I love that. Love free. Right? And we go back, and my neighbor works at TSC. I forgot she worked there. And I walk up with this guy, and she goes, Pastor Bobby. And he looks at me. I look at him. Right? I know his name his whole demeanor changed. I'm supposed to pray for him and I felt the spirit of God on me and say, pray for you came because of him, start praying for him. And to confirm that, I gave you a free bag of dog food so don't complain. <laughs> it's a small thing. I can give you story after story. I can give you story about this building here. I can give you story about finding the right school for my kids, or finding the right it works with everything. I knew my kids' spouses before they knew them. I knew them. God spoke to me. I prayed, leaned on God. Decisions we have to make. I'm not saying I operated in it 100%, but I'm going to tell you at least 90% of the time, 95, somewhere's up there, I'm always in that mode. That's why if you come and ask me a question certain times, I'm not trying to ignore you by not responding right away. I'm leaning on God to see what he thinks about it. Because my opinion doesn't matter. I've learned that God makes the best decisions. I've learned that the spirit of God makes the best decisions. But what we have to learn to do is dismiss your body feelings, your emotions. If you're dealing with not hearing the voice of God, I'm going to tell you what will affect you that comes through the body. Things that you watch, things that you listen to, and things that you consume. Those three things will affect you from hearing the voice of God, and it makes you dull in your spirit. And you can read between the lines what I'm talking about. Raise your hand if you know what I'm saying. What you see, what you hear, what you consume. Will affect you, whatever takes the place of the Holy Ghost, entertainment-wise, drink-wise, whatever else. You'll dull the voice of God you won't hear. God won't compete. He won't compete. And then your soul, mind, will, and emotions, those have to be intact. That's why you get your thoughts straight and start reading the Word of God. Get out of the book of Revelation. (laughs) We'll teach on it one day, but you see, a lot of people want me to teach on the book of Revelation because that's what they're stuck on and that's your problem. You're stuck on eschatology. I understand pre-trip, post-trip, and pan-trip. I'm pan-trip, it'll all pan out. I live like Jesus left yesterday and he's coming back tomorrow. That's if you wanna know what I believe, that's what I believe. But God did not call you to be a preacher of eschatology. He called you to have a relationship with him, to hear the voice of God and make a difference in your world. If you study the book of Revelation and you hear what this writer is saying after every one of the letters, it says the most important thing, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the what? Spirit is saying to the what? Church. That's the most important part. That's the most important part. Be intentional in your body. Offer your body a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable unto the Lord surrender your soul you have to make your soul comply the soul is very stubborn that's the fleshly part of us is the soul the soul will openly defy God before tonight if you were tired and you were debating whether or not to come to church your flesh had somewhat to do with it but your spirit was willing but the soul was competing the soul was being rebellious and said why do that When you can go home and relax and be much easier but your spirit man was like I'm so hungry I'm so hungry I had so much to take care of before before we had this this uh, my the wedding of, of, of pastor Caleb and and I wasn't I was gonna take care of things beforehand and, and take care of business on Wednesday. But when I was getting ready on Wednesday, I felt that burning inside of me. When I thought about church, I said, "Okay, I got to be at church." I wasn't even preaching. Pastor C.J. was preaching, but I felt that burning desire inside. That I felt the anointing come out, like a, like I knew what was fixing to happen. I felt the fire, and I felt the Lord begin to tell me deliverance. And that night, we had about four or three people cast. We cast some demons out. After service, I said, C.J., Pastor C.J., hand me the service when you're done. God wants to do something, and we're going to obey God. Had I not been obedient to that, I don't think the anointing that was in our life, it needed to be here. God needs you. God needs you. And we think that, okay, you know, the Lord can take care of that from here to there. No, no, he uses people. You have to be present to win. And you have to be disciplined and you have to be obedient. Yes. Some people think that you've got to go on 40 day fast and so no no, why don't you try 40 days as just simply walking with him and talking with him and just conversing with him and trying to lean on him lean on him. You're leaning on something right now when you're sitting down you're leaning on that chair yeah. you're depending on that chair and there were some engineers someplace that drew a picture of that before it was ever manufactured, and the weight capacity of it was designed for you, to hold you, and believe me, we knew we'd have to sit on those chairs. I knew I'd have to sit on those chairs, so we got a good capacity. (laughs) I'm just telling you, when we looked at chairs, I said, we need four-inch cushions. They had two, three, four. I said, give us four, and they have to at least hold over 300 pounds. Don't look at me like I'm... Mind your own weight. I'm losing weight. And so, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day, guys. I'm just telling you. But you're dependent on that, right? Are you worried right now about that chair breaking on you? How many, raise your hand if you're worried. If you are, you've got problems. I'm just telling you straight up, you've got problems. It's not God. It's not the devil. It is your mindset. You have to learn to trust God in the same way. I know it's it's very simple, but you have to learn to trust and lean on God the same way. And if you'll do this every single day with every decision that you make, you see, remember, you have to start the fire in your spirit, man. Stay in prayer, then lean on him through desire. Like he cares about you. Because he cares about every decision that you make. Young people, some of you are trying to make decisions and you're fixing to make a bad decision based on opportunity. Because you're so eager to go out and make your world happen. But if you'll just stop and learn how to hear the voice of God. And lean on him for every decision in your life. Learn how to exercise your gift of decision making. And include God in it. And as you feel God confirm every small decision in your life, until you really hear it, it, it may take some time. Don't play Russian roulette with God either and say, if I get there and there's a guy with a beard and he looks like Pastor Bobby and yeah, I'm gonna, I, that's it. If I get to the light and it turns green, then I know that's, that's what you call fleecing God. You don't fleece God. You got to hear the voice of God. I'm going to read you something really quick, and I'm done. Come on, Alicia. First Kings 19 and 11 says this. 19 and 11. There's a place in the Scripture where the Scripture says that God speaks in a still small voice. It was Elijah after his dramatic victory how many of you remember the victory that God gave to Elijah against the prophets of Baal it was the prophets of Baal that he had slain and they were killed and it was told that Jezebel and Ahab of course they were seeking to kill Elijah he ran into the wilderness he collapsed in exhaustion God sent an angel with food and water to strengthen him And God told him to rest. And then he began to complain to God how they were going to kill him. He didn't know what to do. So when the scripture says that God said to him in 1 Kings 19 and 11, he says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain. God wanted to talk to him and the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was a great earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper and that's where God was I think the point from this scripture is that there are so many distractions and things that we can see that we're missing the voice of God and all we can do is learn how to focus every single day to learn you that you have a purpose You are called to something to do something for God and you'll never figure it out until you start walking with him and being obedient. In every area of your life, some of you don't know where to start serving in church, you got to seek God and begin to take action and pray. Then go and see what God would have you. Some of you are waiting for God to come and talk. He's not going to talk to you if you haven't been talking to him. You have to learn to walk with Him. And you're waiting for the biggest sign in the world. Like God, like you're, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm no better than you, but God didn't do that for me. Now, sometimes God would just give me a sign and because I was obedient and the signs would follow. But I never waited for God in any way for Him to give me a sign. Then I went after the sign. The Scripture says, signs follow them that believe. Signs follow us. Then the signs are given. God was trying to teach Elijah, I believe, that you don't look for signs, but you wait for the voice, the still, small voice of God. And that still, small voice of God holds all authority and all power. When God speaks to you about a small decision, he's the same God that will speak to you about a big decision. But how do you know when to make the right decision if you never exercise that right to listen and obey? The same God that it takes to heal a headache, again, is the same God that it takes to heal a cancer. But you have to exercise this. Where at, Pastor? In your home. In your home. Pray first before you call anybody. Don't frantic. Don't, Don't go and get full of anxiety and worry. Slow down. God's not in the frantic chaos and and the mountains splitting in two and the earthquakes and the fire. God is in the still, small voice. And all you have to learn to do is stay calm under pressure and stay calm in your decision-making and learn to trust in Him inwardly and lean on the Spirit of God And when you lean on the Spirit of God, listen to this, when you lean on the Spirit of God for small things in life, and the big decisions will become easy. If you can learn this, life will become easier for you to know what to do. If you want that, why don't you stand to your feet and just make yourself tender to Him right now. This is very, very, very simple but it takes discipline and a desire to be consistent. There's a difference between people who do things great and people who want to do great things. It's action, discipline, and follow through. Follow through every day and learn to lean on them. You have to, it's an art. Know the feeling. Know the feeling on the inside. Like right now, if you learn how to lean on him right now by putting your trust in him, why don't you do that? Exercise that right now. Just learn how to give your affection to him. Learn how to open your vocal cords and release the word of God out of your mouth. Learn how to lean on his presence right now. Hallelujah. Somebody pray in the spirit. Just begin to pray. Just begin to lean on him. He'll talk to you. He'll give you that awareness in your spirit. He'll open up doors for you. He'll tell you the direction to go. He'll tell you who to talk to. He'll tell you what to do for your family, how to pray for your your marriage, and how to pray for your home. God has so many things to say. God has so many things to say. But who's going to take the time to listen? Just learn how to surrender to him.